0: This is Andy Winhall. You're listening to BS Tape Recorder. Uh,
1: PF Tape Recorder. Letter P, letter F.
0: Oh yeah. Also, you're listening to PS Tape Recorder. I was going to say BS is a bad name.
1: Hello there. I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Mike Stanley.
0: It's really exciting, especially. Since we grew up watching, you know, Everybody Loves Raymond. That's my mom's favorite show, and she loves Brad Garrett. So for them to invite me out, they were like, we want to fast track you within the club. What are you doing for New Year's? Brad wants to work with you. The most exciting thing for me is to be able to call my mom, you know, because she loves Vegas, and she loves Brad Garrett.
1: Been a while since we spoke to Mike. He is originally from Detroit. He is now living in Denver. He, uh... Talks all about how his career is kind of on the upswing after kind of being, well, on the downswing for a while. He went through some tough times, but uh, he did tough it out, and now he's back and better than ever, and we discuss all that and uh, any you of know, the virtues of stick to it I guess you could say. Uh, we also have a song of the week coming up from Lindy Ortega, and first, a dumb bit. I don't know if you saw this, but Trevor Noah, host of The Daily Show, uh, was talking about the World Cup a couple of days ago, and uh, he congratulated France on winning the World Cup, but he noted, uh, jokingly, that it wasn't really France that won the World Cup, it was Africa that won the World Cup, because, of course, uh, more than half the French team can trace its uh, heritage back to uh, one of the many African countries. And uh, it was a funny joke, and uh, but it's, not everybody thought it was very funny. The uh, French ambassador wrote him a scathing letter, Uh, And which he read on the show, and uh, I'm I'm not going to really debate the merits of the argument except to say that I pretty much agree, and it was a joke, and it was a funny joke, and I'm half French, so it's fine. But here's the thing I thought was kind of interesting. Here's Trevor Noah.
2: And he says, um, I'll I'll try to read it how I hope he wrote it, which was, um, he says, Sir, I watched with great attention your July 17th show when you spoke of the victory of the French team at the 2018 FIFA World Cup Russia final, which took place last Sunday. I heard your words about an African victory nothing could be less true now first of all I think it could have been less I could have said they were Scandinavian that
1: that would have been less true so that's a pretty funny line there too but uh, what I thought was really interesting about this is that he reads the letter in a you know faux French accent I was thinking if this had been some dust-up with Mexico, and he would have gotten a letter from the Mexican ambassador, would Trevor have read it in a uh, sort of Spanish-slash-Mexican accent? And I would think probably not. And and here's why. Because as of the recording of this podcast, America is still a predominantly white country, and French folks are, are essentially white folks. So if, when you do the silly French voice, hey, we surrender, and all that kind of funny stuff, lame as it is, it's not offensive, because it's still your making mostly fun of, of white people, even though, interestingly, I will bet anything that if you took a poll of Americans and asked them, who are your least favorite white people, if you asked fellow white people, who are your least favorite white people, I would bet your number one answer is, is France, without a doubt. You would never get that from, not even close, Germans, the English, the Spanish, the Italians, the Benelux people, everybody, You would your least favorite white people are French people. Now, don't get me wrong, there are people in this country that love the French, love going to Paris, love everything about French culture. But I would say of all of the other, uh, I would say, we, I guess you would say Western European cultures, or shall we say, for the sake of argument, white cultures, uh, the French are your least favorite, uh, as a, taken as a whole. So anyway, uh, I just thought that was interesting, and, and I also was reminded of, uh, I guess, uh, who was, he was been on the show uh, uh, before, uh, from Saturday Night Live. Rob Schneider, uh, he, I guess, gotten some kind of a dust-up because he does a, some Filipino character. You, you look at Rob Schneider and go, why, why, why would you do that? Well, I think he explained this on our show. Well, he said, my, my mom's Filipino. And even though he doesn't look like uh, a, a, a traditional Filipino man, guess what? Mom's Filipino, he can make fun of his mom and his mom's relatives. Sorry, you can. Whether you find, even if it's lame, you still get to do it. Like, I can do the, the, we surrender and pastry and bread and bicycles. I can do that all day long. I'm half French, so I'll have that if, you know, I'll have that if I want. I won't, it's dumb. But anyway, so I just thought that was interesting. Uh, he also has another really biting line here, though, that I think is really good. The rich and various backgrounds of these players
2: is a reflection of France's diversity. France is indeed, now that line there was interesting, the rich and various backgrounds of these players is a reflection of France's diversity. Now, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I think it's more a reflection of France's colonialism.
1: Well done. Uh, of course, you could certainly hear the same thing about most Western countries, including the Dutch, who, of course, who uh, well made life rough for uh, Trevor Noah's uh, relatives and ancestors, probably even for Trevor Noah, because I think he's old enough, to, I think, to be at the tail end of uh, of all that so anyway um, he's from South Africa um, so anyway I just thought it was uh, kind of an, an interesting thing and uh, separate from that of course is the fact that I'm thrilled France won the World Cup I was uh, I was it was kind of a, a tough uh, spot I was in there because I'm half uh, I, I always say I'm half British because by uh, lineage on the one side is everything in the United Kingdom which in, including um, well it actually includes actual Ireland I think not just Northern Ireland to be technical but the entire British Isles let's just say and the other half is completely French. So when it was going to look like England was going to be playing against France, I guess I still probably would have rooted for Fran- France because I'm more French than I am just English because there's also Scottish, Welsh, and Irish in there. So um, it was going a tough spot for a while though because everybody knows what an Anglophile I am. But um, I was happy when it just came down to France and Croatia. Like, very excited for Croatia. What a scrappy team those guys are coming back in all those games and g- getting those goals and not giving up and they made monkeys out of the English. That's a fact. But anyway, happy France won, well, not only because I'm French, uh, but because I know, uh, a, a person I know, a former boss of mine, who was, was probably the worst human being I've ever met, uh, would be, also hate the French, and was probably very unhappy about the outcome of the World Cup. So I say, vive la France! Vive la France! Mike Stanley is a stand-up comedian from Detroit, Michigan. He's now based in Denver, Colorado, and he's headlining clubs all over the country. He has a huge New Year's Eve gig he's going to talk to us about. Uh, here now is our interview with Mike Stanley. Hello. Hey, Mike, it's PF. Hey,
0: how are you? Pretty good, man. How are you?
1: That's fine, man. Uh, So I looked back. It was about four years ago you were on the podcast, and uh, we talked about Detroit and putting together their own comedy shows. And then I think a couple of years later I saw on Facebook you were considering quitting comedy and doing something else. Am I remembering that correctly, or was that somebody else? No, that was me. I was
0: definitely considering quitting for a while. Uh, Yeah, I think I was just in a rough place in my life where uh, you know, things weren't really lining up and I was pushing myself really hard and kind of uh, looking for how to level up and things just weren't happening just despite the amount of work that I was putting into it. I think every comic kind of hit that wall at some point around like the seven year mark where
1: you know you're just you work so hard and, you, and you're promoting yourself and there's really nobody in your corner so you kind of just get burnt out and I think the best thing to do is just to rewire the way you think about comedy and, and uh, just kind of reposition yourself in a way that you're not putting as much pressure on yourself
0: in, in the way of uh, you know what actually success is with it so I kind of just done that ever since and it got myself out of a rut and now I'm, I think mean, my, my career is better than it's ever been and I'm happier than I've ever been in comedy right now so yeah,
1: yeah. it, it seems like things are going well so what kind, of, what kind of turned things around when do you feel that things started to move in the right direction well
0: terms of what brought me to that point to begin with like trying to maintain an, an actual relationship with the amount of touring that I was doing was just impossible trying to balance these worlds that were uh, both so important to me it was like one was going to have to give at some point unless I found the perfect person so uh you know I kind of kind of tried to make things work with some people that weren't really supportive with uh, with what I was doing and uh you know, you really got to look at the people you're bringing into your life if this is what you want to do, because it's not, it's not a conventional lifestyle. It's not easy. You have to, uh, you know, it's, it's basic things that make it seem like you're selfish, uh, are, are, you know, uh, aren't, I mean, there's no one else looking out for you. So you have to constantly be this, you know, self, self, uh, promoting self-preserved person. That's just constantly pushing your career forward. Um, you know, so stuff like that wears on a relationship and then being gone all the time. But, you know, I always say, like, if you're in a relationship and you're touring, you know, as much as I am or, you know, the people around me are, uh, your best in a relationship still isn't as good as someone that has a nine to five that lives in the same city as you. So you really have to uh, make a decision or find, you know, find the right person that, that uh, understands what, understand what you're doing. You know, I moved back to Detroit to get married and that didn't work out because of this. So uh, I had to put that... evaluation and figure out what it was that I wanted to do um, with my career and so I just focused on that and it's been great ever since I kind of turned everything around I moved out of Detroit I'm in Denver now things are fantastic I really like where I'm at with my career I have a lot of really cool opportunities that have
1: have been lucky enough to uh, you know that have been thrown my way so it's been been good really good. Did your comedy change at all or did you just kind of keep the same kind of voice but just keep you know uh, sharpening that? I was just gonna yeah. say, yeah. It seems like in social media you're pretty vocal. You're that way on stage because some people kind of aren't quite as vocal on stage. They are they're more so on social media, or in vice versa. Sometimes or, you know they leave that off social media, yeah. but when they get on stage, they, no. They, I
0: mean, I, I I talk about it on stage too. Actually, it's probably the most prevalent, um, you know, important part of my act. I think like right now is kind of tackling that, but it's not. It doesn't go on through the whole act. You know what I mean? It's it's a portion of my act. I address it. I talk about stuff very clear where I stand on everything there are jokes in there you know people still get pissed off I'm you know kind of dealing with something right now where I was in Tucson in the last two shows uh, you know people got real aggressive about it and one guy kind of stood up and wanted to storm the stage and it was a whole thing the thing is though like the crowd was completely on my side its it was just like one or two you know people that have like a huge problem with it and can't put a leash on their emotion in, in terms of uh, you know, thinking that you're speaking directly to them, or directly insulting them, or like you know, your your argument is pointed directly at them, so they feel like they have to respond. So, um, yeah. So I mean, I wrote about that on Facebook, and then uh, you know, I got a lot of I got a lot of positive feedback from that. So you know, it's almost like you're kind of just refining your audience anyway. I mean. I, if if you're the type of person who's a Trump supporter and you're you know how and you think everything that's going on right now is fine, then I don't really want you at my show anyway. I really don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. You know, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that that's where we are because I think we have more in common than we don't. But uh,
1: I just don't have I don't have any tolerance for these people that that you know carry themselves that way They're with this sense of entitlement and bravado. It's just for us. It it's great. It's funny you mentioned that and also that you're traveling through Texas because I was doing a gig last night, I was doing a trivia show and um it's not actually a regular trivia show I was doing it's it's what's called feud and it's kinda of like family feud where people have to guess what the top answers were to the question. And one of the questions was, okay. what uh, would you least like about living in Texas? And every team all ten teams picked the heat or the weather. And then the second choice, the second most popular survey answer in the survey was oddly was too many Republicans. I forgot what the third one was. So before I even read the answer, I said, "Look, keep in mind, I did not write this question, I did not answer this question." Yeah. And so right. I, pre- I pre- and people still booed, and I'm like, "I just should have made something up for the second answer, and you never would have known because nobody had that answer." <laughs> right, but it's yeah. ridiculous that you have... I mean, it's
0: it's, it's 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 a rough thing to navigate, and you know, I I, I try to take. I try to, I don't know, it's weird, man. Like, I make fun of the left as well because the whole thing yeah, is yeah. a mess. But for some reason, that kind of falls by the wayside because, you know, it's funny because that stuff comes after the Trump stuff. So it's like, it's half the time, it's like anybody who gets mad doesn't even, like, sit through the show and let me get to that point where I make fun of the left or I make fun of, like, the other things that are going on or Hillary Clinton or whatever. Like, they, they're so impatient and so angry, they don't even wait for it. There's no for that portion of the
1: show, which is kind of ridiculous. But I uh, thought I made it on that. Yeah. Well, I, and when I was doing a show near the college, to be fair, I um, I, I picked up from Jimmy Dore saying uh, Barack Obama, Barack Obama, just to be silly, and people got really upset, and and so I, I jumped on my Jimmy Pardo defense. Why would you say that? Possibly for humor, and everybody calmed down. But yeah. so, but yeah. that being said, the two sides are not equal, and one side has way more of a problem than the other side. Let's just say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's pretty obvious what's going on
1: this country right sure I mean, exactly there's definitely a group of people willing to just completely dismiss fact and truth and, and listen you know to the to the things that are going on there's
0: people protesting and speaking out and then people completely ignoring them i mean a group of people just collectively being like there's a problem you don't get to dismiss that and say there's no problem. It's like, no, there actually is a problem. <laughs> like, that's why there's millions of people marching. That's why, you know, all of these things are happening right now. It's like, just because you don't experience those things in version of America doesn't mean that they don't exist, you know?
1: Yeah. So apart from that, though, what are you talking about on stage? What are some of the non political issues? oh, shit. Sex, I don't know. Relationships,
0: dogs sister sort had of kids and talking about that a lot and all the you know, development there and how she's raising them it's it's fun man I like where I'm at with my act I mean I'm, I'm trying to crank out new stuff I'd like to put out another album here within the next you know year and a half so I kind of coasted a little while because I worked so hard on China and then I was like I kind of just want to take a breather and, and you know just write quick fast short jokes that you know weren't these like long pieces and stuff I mean the child stuff kind of comes easy for me because I keep up on the news and just You know, so every day it's something else and it's such an easy thing to make fun of, but I try to have the most original fake on and the feedback that's been really good too. Um, You know, I did, uh, we did Alpha I'm with to call and she's featuring for me this week and we're in uh, Texas, bouncing all over, doing Austin and Lubbock and Fort Worth and stuff. But like, you know, she's she's pushing some stuff too with like abortion and stuff like that, which is great.
1: It turns out, uh, speaking of things moving in the right direction, this for people not on Facebook or not following on Facebook. It turns out you have a, a pretty uh, famous fan. Who's that? Brad Garrett.
0: Oh yeah, that that was really uh, kind of astonishing to me that that came about. I um, that's one of those things where you know I've been emailing that club since it opened, and the. <laughs> The, the booker, you know, no no disrespect to her. She didn't she know who I was, and why would she? You know, she's like, hey, you know, we only have many slots a year, and, you know, and, and you know, we kind of have the people that we want to book. So every year I would email, and I would kind of get turned down. And, you know, holy deal. That happens a lot. Right? There's a lot of... you got to get used to just, you know, people turning you down or clubs turning you down. You just, you know, throw another line out there next year, or something cracks, so you, you, you hit them at the right time or they need somebody. But, um, yeah, I, I really... It's funny because I didn't know how he saw my stuff, um, and then uh, it turns out that I recorded this, this quick special um, in Milwaukee with a couple of friends of mine that have worked the club, and one of them is pitching it to Netflix. Um, it's parents feel that he works the club, so apparently he's trying to get Brad Garrett to produce uh, the Netflix special.
1: Uh, that's so exciting that 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 happened but you just never know yeah i mean you know i hear comics
0: complain a lot of oh i've been you know in this club for so long it's just like just be tenacious and be patient because you never know i mean those clubs that i emailed for 10 years and never got a response and then you know one year i emailed them and they were just like yeah you can headline and then i came through and you know now those are some of my favorite clubs it's like, like they say, I mean, there's only so many weeks a year, and they they try to work with all the people that they you know they really enjoy and you know do well with the club. So you know, it's nothing personal. It's just them trying to you know schedule their the club. So yeah, you just got to be patient, be tenacious.
1: Yeah, and and well, and like any artist, I guess can kind of learn from what you went through. Not just comedy, of course, but you know the you know the perseverance and the and the sticking to it and making some tough decisions.
0: Headline every room that I come across without any national TV credits. Like I have no credits whatsoever. So you know, and I'm working all the same clubs as all the major acts and all the you know the big names and stuff like that. So I'm really lucky that I get to do that. You know, I mean, I definitely put the work in, but it's you know, it, you also have to take stock in the fact that like, hey, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm here. I'm, I'm happy that these people join my act. I'm happy that I can come out to shows or like, you know that the club likes me and. You know, it supports what I do. So you just gotta kind of rewire the way you look at things. Like
1: I said, it's very easy to get discouraged. So you know, that's my that's my uh, that's my mo. Yeah. Well, it must be nice too that when you, you at the where you're at now is that when you you know return to a, in a certain cities year after year, you kind of get become a known commodity, and people are just you know, whether television or not, people are like, oh, uh, Mike Stanley's back in town. We got to go see him.
0: song a bunch of people came out and i've only been there once you know i, I just got into that club last year so coming back it's like having people come up and like oh i saw you last time and i like this like we're doing all this new stuff and you know, i saw some new stuff you did online and i like, keeping up with your posts and, and stuff like that it, it, it's cool man it feels really good to have that kind of support from those people out there just to kind of throw some positivity at you in a world where everyone So when you went from... I'm excited for, I'm excited for Minnesota. I've, this will be my first time headlining through that club. I haven't been there in a long time. I think last time I was there was Joey Diaz. I was featuring for him. Okay, Those shows were so fun. But, uh, yeah, it's my first time playing through and headlining, so i got a bunch of people coming out. I've been super excited, so it'll be
1: good. It, it is a good comedy town, I understand. Um, so one last question here. When you went from Detroit to Denver and got into that scene, was it difficult, or were people welcoming, or it was like, oh, geez, who's this guy from Detroit now? we got to... Uh, or were you already? Were you not so much in that scene, you're just using it as a base of operations? Because I guess by the time you moved there, you were, you know, I'm, I'm are, probably
0: more anchored in with Denver than I have been with any other scene that I've lived, honestly. Like, okay. I, Of people who just left who uh, moved to LA, so you know there was kind of like a lot of opportunities provided for me. Um, you know, I quickly kind of bumped up and I got put on the pro list at Comedy Works. You know, uh, pretty quickly, Comedy Works actually gave me my own show, so now I have my own show with my friend Greg Baumauer, every every Monday, which is like the hot show in Denver right now. Oh, nice. Uh, like I can maneuver a little bit more than, than any other scene
1: that I've lived in. So, yeah, it's, it's great, man. Cool, man. Well, uh, Greg, a lot of good stuff for the piece. As usual, will be in city pages in print and online the week that you're up there uh, in Minneapolis. And uh, as always, we'll see you down here in Cincinnati again sometime soon. And uh, I guess in the meantime, have fun driving through Texas. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah, send me the article when it's out,
1: okay? Will do. Avoid those Republicans there. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Bye. All right, bye. Take care of yourself. bye Thanks again to Mike Stanley for being on the show. Boy, what an what an encouraging and inspiring chat, eh? Glad things worked out for him because, uh, like I said, I was watching on Facebook, and for a while there, he was like, I'm going to give myself six months, and if things don't turn around significantly, I'm going to go find something else to do. And then all of a sudden, I see he's getting all these great gigs, he's working with all these great people, and, of course, He's got the big Brad Garrett gig there at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. So things going well for Mike. He's going to be, by the way, at the House of Comedy in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They're actually suburban Bloomington July 25th through the 29th. Where else he'll be, I'm not sure. He doesn't have a website up yet, and he doesn't update... That on Facebook. I'll go if you follow him on Facebook, maybe you'll get his uh, dates there uh, as well. So, but do look for Mike Stanley in your town. He's a very hilarious guy, very outspoken, by the way. Uh, let me see what else. Oh, Song of the Week we're up to. Yes, yeah, Song of the Week is from Lindy Ortega. Boy, gosh, I've been a Lindy Ortega fan for a while now. Her new album is Liberty. I think this is her best yet. And uh, these people that they, oh, I like country music, but they like that, that rubbishy country, that Florida Georgia line rockin' country. <laughs> Uh, Lindy Ortega, she's the real deal, but she's off of Toronto, like our friend Lights. and uh, But she is proper country, and this is, uh, what a great tune. This is called You Ain't Foolin' Me. And uh, a bit of a, well, I would say it's a, a real different thing for her, but it's it's, it's you, you'll see when you listen to it, uh, the melody is really kind of like, I don't know, I, I, ethereal for a better word. I mean, the melody itself, it's just, it just sounds kind of different, but still very catchy. And again, this is You Ain't Foolin' Me, Lindy Ortega, our Song of the Week on PS Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening.
2: You walk away, you think I can't hear a thing you say, why don't you say it to me? be my dear friend why must you insist we pretend that you don't wish that I was dead I know that's how you feel